0: So the USDA is proposing a rule that would make it more difficult for kids to access healthy school meals. They say that they're simplifying the school lunch program, but I don't think there was anything complicated about providing enough fruits and vegetables. Hi, welcome to Bite-sized Food Policy, where I deconstruct the state and federal policies that affect our farms, farmers, and really every food we eat. I'm your host, Alana Williams. Thanks for joining me. One quick update from a past episode that I did on the rollbacks to SNAP. So the Trump administration is now being sued for that ruling that would have kicked hundreds of thousands of people off their food stamps benefits. And it would have really hit hard the people who work unreliable hours like waiters and waitresses. The rollback was set to go into effect on April 1st, but the states that are suing asked that the court put that on hold so i'll keep you posted on how that goes okay so today i wanted to talk about school lunches as you may know in 2010 we passed the healthy hunger free kids act which was championed by michelle obama as part of her campaign for healthier eating and more physical activity it actually was a really good program. It established the strongest nutrition-supported guidelines in the history of the National School Lunch Program. It reduced sodium and saturated fat consumption and significantly increased fiber intake and was deemed one of the most important national obesity prevention policy achievements in recent decades. So while we're actually really long overdue for an update to child nutrition policy in this country, No one really wants to touch it because the 2010 guidelines were so good that we probably wouldn't get anything nearly as progressive under this administration. The Healthy Hunger-Free Kids Act was adopted by pretty much all schools by around 2016, which is really remarkable when you think about it. And it's possible that the USDA just wanted to make their program look good, but in a fact sheet that they put out, The Healthy Hunger-Free Kids Act did well by like every single metric they measured it by. So why does the Trump administration keep trying to dismantle it? In May of 2017, Secretary of Agriculture Sonny Perdue promised to make school meals great again by giving schools flexibility in their meal planning related to whole grains, sodium, and milk. And now are at it again with this new ruling that was made to create more flexibility for schools and reduce food waste, but I have such a hard time believing that those are the only reasons. First off, nearly every school district in every state was already in full compliance or at more than 90% compliance with the higher standards. And the food waste one first of all, simply isn't true. There was no evidence that the Healthy Hunger-Free Kids Act standards increased food waste. But even if it did, since when do they care about food waste? Like, I would love to see the USDA propose some actual solutions to food waste by putting composters at schools and mandating that students have longer lunch periods to eat their food, but I don't think either of those are happening anytime soon. So why would they really wanna scale back healthy foods? Since the 2008 recession, there has been a steady downward trend in students paying for school meals. Because first of all, fewer students wanna eat cafeteria food, and those that are eating school food are often on a reduced or no cost plan. In 2018, these free or reduced price meals cost the National School Lunch Program almost $14 billion. So maybe if school lunches were less nutritious, they figure kids would want to buy them more and then they wouldn't lose as much money? But that's actually not the case. A USDA study found that participation in school lunch was actually higher at schools serving healthy food. So when the National School Lunch Program provides healthier food, it sells more food. Which is why this ruling makes so little sense. So maybe, to see why the Trump administration keeps scaling back nutrition requirements in schools, we have to look at the food system even more broadly. In my humble opinion, the USDA shouldn't even be in charge of school lunch requirements because the USDA is not a public health agency. It's an agricultural agency created to support farmers. And farmers wanna sell their surplus food. And we don't have a surplus of fruits and vegetables in this country. We have a surplus of cheap oils, dairy, wheat, and corn, because we've made it easy to grow them in mass quantities using pesticides and machinery. And sadly, they're more profitable because they can be shelf stable and they can be shipped far distances. And because of economic stuff, anything that we have in surplus is gonna be way cheaper. So they probably figured that if the government has to pay $14 billion in school meals anyway, they could drive the costs down and appease these big industrialized farmers by giving children what's essentially leftovers of our exports. Plus, it just makes me mad how the rule was written in a way that is so vague and so difficult to understand. I'm gonna read some, Hold, stay with me. I promise it's interesting. So on the page for public comments, it describes the rule by saying that it intends to, and I quote, help states and local program operators overcome operational challenges that limit their ability to manage these programs efficiently. Okay, you didn't say anything there. You said that this ruling is meant to help overcome challenges. Okay, what challenges? Then it goes on to say that it would provide quote, flexibility to the vegetable subgroups requirement. There it is, fewer vegetables, nice and make it easier for menu planners to offer meat and grains. So hamburgers and pizza is what that means. And then, and this is my favorite part, it says that it would allow schools to offer half a cup of fruit at breakfast. That sounds nice, but what they don't mention is that they're currently required to serve a full cup of fruit at breakfast. I just feel like that could not be any more deceptive if it tried. (laughs) Like, it's trying to frame what they know is a bad thing, which is fewer fruits, as a good thing and take credit for it? I just, oh, come on. But seriously, the impacts of this are really scarily far-reaching. For lower-income students, school meals can make up half of their daily calorie intake. Half. And if you're listening to this podcast, you already know how important food is. What you eat can affect your performance in school, it can affect your mood, and it can affect your likelihood of chronic disease later in life. Because for better or worse, eating habits really are determined early on in our lives. Just think about a meal that you always got really excited about growing up. For me, it's crepes with cinnamon sugar, the best. Now think about, do you still like that food now? I'm gonna guess yes, because the foods that most people prefer are generally what was fed to them growing up. One study found that over time, children fed nutritious foods were more likely to report liking those foods. It's why school garden programs are so popular. They're really effective. Exposing kids to fresh vegetables gets them excited about eating vegetables. And like, at least present it as an option. It's really not fair that low-income students whose parents don't have time to pack them a lunch every day should have to go through life craving foods higher in salt and saturated fat, which are known to cause health problems, just because that's what they were exposed to in school. This stuff makes me so angry. It's knowingly sabotaging the health of children in favor of profits. So please, if you've gotten to this point, go look up simplifying meal service on regulations.gov and add a comment by the March 23rd deadline. You can do it from quarantine right now in two minutes. I promise it doesn't have to be lengthy, you just write about why you care. I added mine and last I checked there were already like 35,000 comments I think? Which is awesome, but let's try to get as many as we can. School lunches are so crucial and yet such an easy way to promote health in our country that we need to make sure we do it right. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you liked this episode and I hope you're all safe and with loved ones. Um, I'm thinking of doing a quick episode on how the coronavirus relates to our food system. So if you're interested in that, let me know. Okay, bye.